I'm excited about our episode today. My guest joining us at The Well is Cynthia Patterson. Now, in her own words, she told me she's not an extraordinary person. I disagree. She has worked incredibly hard. She has demonstrated bravery and tenacity, and she has shared, you know, like, like the rest of us, she's fumbled around, she's failed at things, she has succeeded at things, but she has never stopped moving, which is great advice for life, whether you are HR or, you know, you wake up and get out of bed every day. Let's just keep moving. Welcome to the well, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me, Danielle. You know, I, as we have talked and uh, prepared for this, I see you as brave, as tenacious. The bulk of your experience is in tech. So you have some really great experience in that space. We met back in 2014-ish. You were in Seattle. You are on the opposite coast now. So you're also a brave traveler. There's just... There, there don't seem to be very many things that you aren't afraid to tackle and take on. And I have followed you on LinkedIn. You know, we met some time ago, but I always kind of felt this certain kind of kinship. So we always stayed a little connected and I have always appreciated your voice on LinkedIn. And so you were one of the first people that I thought of when I was imagining this space, because I thought, you know, I don't even care that you're on the East coast. You are, you know, you belong everywhere. And, um, and I know that you miss the Northwest too. You've got some, you know, roots that go deep here. So I'm excited to, you know, reintroduce you back here to the West coast and welcome you to share your story of bravery. And, um, I'd love to hear, well, we'd love to hear anything that you'd love to share with us today, but maybe let's just start with, um, we're recording on a day that happens to be your birthday. And, you know, I think you and I might be similar in that uh, we do some reflecting, you know, as we start our next year of living. So when you think back over the last year, what are you most proud of in living and what you've done in the last year? You know, I, this is something that's hard for me to say because I really do think it sounds um, conceited, Um, but I'm just going to say that the thing that I'm most proud of this last year is just continuing to stand. Um, there were a lot of times when um, I could have, um, could have not been standing, I guess, for lack of a better word, and uh, I did. And I will say it was not because I had some um, unknown superpower or some fortitude that other people don't have. And it was just, that's what I did. And um, I wish I could really think about what, um, how that uh, came to be. But um, I would say that that's something that I'll always remember that um, at a time when I could have, um, I could have done other things. I could have been different. Um, I feel very proud that uh, I feel like I am still standing um, at this time, I would say. 
I, I think we can all relate to that, right? We've all we've all done that in some way in the in the last year. Um, and a couple things that come to mind are, you know, first, I think whenever we've we've already done something really hard in our life that's really challenging, that's always a very good reminder when other hard things happen that we can get up and you know we can get out of bed and just keep moving through the next day. Uh, I think that's a great, that's a great lesson. Um, but I also think, you know, being in human resources, that was an extra test this year. And I've said it a lot in, in my podcast, but, you know, if ever there had been a time where it became so apparent how important HR was in the people part of the work, because all of a sudden, everyone is struggling and everyone's looking to human resources. And so in addition to your own getting out of bed to do what you need to do for life that day, there's all of these eyes in the workplace that are looking at you too. And, you know, that had to have felt like carrying an extra load every day. It really did. And I would say that one of the most amazing things um, that have come from COVID because despite all the heartbreak and the hardship um, that the world has experienced, I would say that um, to your point that HR really did come uh, front and center and not for administrative tasks. It was really about how to be able to um, support our employees at the people level. Um, yeah, My network of fellow people professionals has grown immensely this last year. Um, and that's something that I, I guess to add to say that I'm proud of this last year that happened. We needed someone to speak to. We couldn't talk to our employees, um, maybe not even our leadership teams. And so when we, when we needed support, we reached out to each other. And I think that we are all this last year better HR and people leaders for it. Um, despite the cost of what it took to get here. Yeah, I, I certainly hope that, you know, HR pros everywhere really feel that element of, you know, if there had ever been a time that your, your profession was a calling, man, this last year, um, just showing up and being there for, for other humans, it was a calling. Um, so Thank you. And it seems like we're on the, you know, we're coming up on the other side. I would, I want to be, you know, brave enough to say that, right? Do you feel that? I do. I do. Good. Good. So there are two questions that I really like to start with. And um, the first one is about your passion. What are you passionate about? Boy. There's so many things. Um, I would say that the core element or thing that I'm passionate about is, is people and the connection, um, people to people. So human connection overall. Um, I, I know it's not my job to necessarily, but I, I want everyone to be able to understand each other's perspective. And I'm not saying agree with them, but at least understand them. And um, I, that sounds maybe um, a little bordering on toxic optimism, but really like if I, if I didn't believe that, 
um, I don't, I don't know if I would have such a strong calling um, to to HR people's faces. I do. Um, I think that every what everybody has to say has value, um, even if it's something that you don't want to hear. Um, that understanding that someone else does think that way, um, yeah. processes things that way, it still has value, and um, it's up to us to be able to know how to be able to process that. So, I would say that. That's what really drives me is, is trying to help bridge those conversations in the capacity that I can, whether it's you know, in my workspace, um, whether it's with my network um, and the, you know, the causes that I, I volunteer with. I would say um, that's been an important element to facilitate this last year as well. Any way that we can encourage uh, each other and the people who work around us to maybe listen more and be open to the fact that we might not all agree and we probably won't, that we can still honor each other and respect respect one another. Um, what would you say are the core beliefs that really guide your work? And I mean, honestly, you probably just said one of them as we talked about your passions, but um, what else really just drives the way that you work and engage at work? Well, I guess probably in life and in work, uh, the leadership style, servant leadership, everybody, mm. everybody's heard of it, but people maybe don't necessarily know what it means. I've, I've actually asked a couple of people what they think it means, and it's different than what I think it is. You see, that's why you have to get mm. perspectives on things. But um, so my definition of being a servant leader means that I elevate and amplify other people. It's not about me, it's about them. And what can I do to be able to um, showcase them, to, um, to really highlight their strengths, to, to be where they wanna be. Um, I know that without my people, I have no function. I have, no cert, I, have, I have no role to play. And once you start treating people like that, with that high, high value, they'll return that to you in spades. And, not all organizations um, are there. Um, some organizations say that they are there, but they're not. And others are saying like, we need help with this. Like this is something that we, we wanna be able to get to that level. And um, I, I will say that uh, being a servant leadership is something that has been a part of my life. Even, um, even growing up as a child, I was always the person that was behind the scenes that was pushing somebody else out to the front and saying like, oh, you got this and being that encouraging voice in the background. And um, I think that that's, um, that's actually a strength. Maybe people uh, view that differently, but um, I think that uh, I'll, I'll continue feeling uh, confident that being a servant leader is, is the right, um, is right for me in all ways. Yeah, I would absolutely say that's a, a wonderful trait and probably one of the reasons why human resources felt like such a good fit for you in the first place, which uh, we're going to get to that too, but I really wanted to be able to at least kind of talk about your, the earlier years and how you ended up in HR. So Cynthia, you have this really incredible personal story too of bravery. 
you grew up here in the Northwest and there are a lot of things about your own growing up experience too that I can relate to, which I feel like helped build up some of that feeling of kinship, but you were really independent at a really young age. You worked really hard for a long time and you came to this moment of making some big decisions to finish your bachelor's and your master's. And, you know, it was a moment. Would you share with us what was that moment like? And, you know, as much as you would want to share about, you know, going from, you know, Seattle and making the move to, you know, get your bachelor's. Absolutely. I am. I did mostly grow up in the Northwest. I was, uh, I was adopted from Korea um, uh, by a family, a military family, and lived in Japan until I was about five years old. So I came in, um, you know, with a different culture um, coming into the United States. And um, again, got to live in the, the Northwest and, you know, loved, loved growing up um, where I did. Um, thinking about this, um, this, this time or this, uh, watershed moment that I had, I, I was working for a company where unfortunately we had, uh, multiple layoffs in the company size producing. And I, I remember thinking about what I wanted to be really doing next. You know, startup is very uh, volatile. And, um, so me being me, I opened the computer, I fire up a Google spreadsheet. And I start mapping out every detail of my life. I am mapping my, my cash. I'm mapping uh, my goals. I'm mapping timeline. I'm, I'm doing all of these things to be able to put together um, a life plan, a life plan that I did not know that I was going to execute on. Um, but finally, um, I, think I, I think I did it in three days. After looking at that spreadsheet, I realized that I literally had just drawn out my map. Um, of what was going to happen next. And, um, you know, I talked with my husband about um, my plans and those plans included, you know, not only returning to school uh, to be able to finish my, my bachelor's and my MBA, um, but that I was going to be moving cross country to do it. And I am, I am so fortunate to have uh, such an incredible person in my life. And he was very supportive of the decision as um, I, who will forever be my best friend, that is for certain. And um, so again, down to the penny, uh, figured out moving costs, um, how much my dog ate, uh, so I could do the dog, the dog food and the treats correctly. And from February of 18 to October of 18, I finished uh, both degrees in about nine months. And I uh, began my, my new role at a company. I wasn't sure if I was going to stay in Boston or if I was going to move to New York. Um, part of the plan still, and there's, there's still another element uh, to that, but, um, and, uh, you know, I was really fortunate to be able to find a great company to work for, and i um, excited to share that I just today, um, on this day, uh, announced that my, uh, I would be starting a new role with a, a new company for which I'm really excited about, um, so it seems like it's, everything is just one, um, one giant step forward all the time. And, and I love it. I, I've never been afraid of the unknown. I think that that's maybe something a little bit unusual to me. 
my husband always said that that was kind of an odd thing about me um, because I feel like the thing that I'm thinking about is that will this matter three months from now, six months from now, a year from now? And if the thing that I'm worried about isn't going to be, then I don't give it a lot of thought. But if it is, on the other hand, um, I do give it a lot of thought and I mean with intention. And um, yeah, I would say that uh, it's been a it's been a wild it's been a wild couple of years, Danielle. Um, and I know that you and I share, um, you know, uh, a, as you said, a, a, a background in um, going through some hard things in life and uh, um, being brave or feeling brave um, is, uh, is something that you only realize after the fact. And I'm just so thrilled to be able to share my story, but also can't we be able to hope we get to talk more about yours as well. Yeah, I, uh, you know, it's interesting because sometimes the more you really uh, listen to someone's story and understand how they are where they are, um, you just realize we really do have so many more things in common than, than not. Um, I love that you, you mapped out your life plan in a spreadsheet, right? You built out the life you thought sounded kind of good that you thought you would like. Um, a lot of people would have looked at the spreadsheet had they had they gone through the same exercise, looked at it and thought, mm, it's kind of crazy. It's going to be really hard. Delete, right? And would have kept on, you know, the next day doing some of the same things, but, uh, not you, you, you leapt. Congratulations. Thank you. Is that whole, uh, what's that saying about, you know, you never really, you never really know what's possible if you don't just step out and, and take that leap. But I do think it comes back to, um, you know, when you've already had some of your worst days, when you really know how hard or how bad life can be, having the day of, you know, looking at a spreadsheet to think about how great you could make life, that doesn't seem so bad because you know you can get through it. You know that you can get through a bad day or a hard day. You can fail at something and still keep moving, you know, you can be brave and then be really, really freaked out. I mean, some of the most brave things I've done in life, you know, I took the leap and then I'm like, oh my God, what have I just done? Well, better keep going. You know, <laughs> you're committed now, right? One, one foot in front of the other. Um, so when I ask you, you know, is there, what's the project or, experience that comes to mind when you think about the work that you have done as an HR pro that really sparks that, that thing in you, um, knowing that you're in the right place that you have picked and you have done that, the thing that really you were intended to do, what comes to mind? I would say that um, finally having a point of view, a 
external point of view that was beyond Facebook, you know, my, my, my inner circle of friends um, around diversity, equity, inclusion. Um, you know, they, there's terms like social justice warrior and all these, you know, these negative um, words associated with people who essentially are like me are just wanting to make the world um, uh, a better place for everyone, not just for me, not just for a group of people, but for everyone. And I would say that, you know, all related to this last year with COVID, um, the conversations, the critical conversations that we needed to be having, I have never felt so sure that I needed to be able to stand up and say everything. Um, network be darned or, um, you know, work uh, perspective be darned. I, I didn't associate myself actually with my company uh, when I was posting things and, um, and on the professional network like LinkedIn. Um, I do say professional with quotes on it. It's um, professional means anything that has to do with how we get around life. And that does incorporate personal, that incorporates you know, work life. And so um, that's why I say that. Uh, so just be able to share that out loud with somebody and then having those so many voices um, resonate, come back to me. Um, I feel like we've just become a giant megaphone and um, there's a lot of work to do. Um, we talked about that earlier. There's so much more work to do. Um, but the fact that we're having these conversations now, I, I would say that alarmingly for me, I didn't know that we needed to have this depth and this level of conversations. Um, the last few peers have really brought out sides of people that I think that a lot of us didn't really realize that were there and not others. I actually mean myself as well. Mm -hmm. I, I know I have biases. I am not a perfect person. Um, but I didn't realize the depth of my own biases until actually this last year and feeling strong enough to be able to call them out and say like, we all do have these biases and we need to be aware of them. We need to be able to talk about them. I would say that that's, um, that's the, the work that I've been doing that has been really meaningful. So, um, you know, from, from mentoring folks on DEI in the HR people space, um, I participated in MIT's hackathon, um, Hacking Racism in Healthcare. And uh, it's a continued project as well. Um, if you'd like to learn more about it, um, um, please or anybody can reach out to me anytime. Um, but our goal is to be able to create a, um, a database, a, a, a something that you'll be able to look up, um, BIPOC um, and other underrepresented and minorities as uh, healthcare professionals. So meaning that they have been certified and trained um, to not only uh, from a cultural standpoint, be able to say that they are endorsed as a BIPOC or underrepresented minority provider. Um, uh, but our hope is that this becomes actually normal, that this is something that all healthcare professionals will be able to achieve this accreditation and then be part of this search um, where then people will be able to find a doctor that they're comfortable with. Um, the health that care outcomes for, for people of color and underrepresented minorities, LGBTQ um, included, I, it's, um, it's really saddening. And so that's from a, a specific um, area that I'm working in, I would say that that's something I'm hugely proud of and um, look forward to being able to, to see this come to fruition. I, um, I am really interested in those pieces. It sounds 
sounds really interesting. And, you know, it also sounds like exactly those steps that are needed to get to that next place of improvement. You know, I think, you know, you and I also share this need to be incredibly optimistic about, um, you know, I, I, I can be realistic that we have a lot of work to do. Um, but I, I want to see that we have made progress, you know, that we are, um, you know, as a society and certainly as an individual, because to your point, uh, it's really easy to see how other people are biased and how other people have, you know, certain issues, but it takes a, a certain other kind of courage to be able to look at yourself and do the inventory of where, you know, where do I need that awareness and where do I need that correction and the open-mindedness that I don't have it all figured out and that I don't know what it's like really to walk in someone else's shoes, but, um, but I can try. So what's your vision of things to come? Oh, uh, good question. I'm maybe just a continuation of this conversation to say that um, there are many heavy and difficult conversations uh, to come related to racism, sexism, um, unhealthy uh, mental um, and uh, physiological places that people are in. That sounds really bad, by the way. Um, but um, I think that this is going to be a huge moment for companies. And um, again, I'm so glad to be connected with so many other um, people professionals who are working for companies that they're in very various stages of these, where to have these conversations, how to have these conversations, the appetite for it. And it's, some companies are gonna come out on top on this and some companies aren't going to do very well. And this is becoming a this is this is becoming a topic that for um, that people are making decisions on where they're going to work um, at this point. And again, I mean, not everybody has that luxury, um, and so I hope that we can all appreciate that for sure. Um, but that is the truth in in many spaces. Um, people are going to be more conscientious of this, who they want to be able to align with. Um, where they are at in their journey, how they want to be able to help um, others along as well. Um, so I, I see that this is going to, this isn't going to be something that um, uh, fades out. I know that there's been a lot of concern uh, that people are saying that we're not talking about it enough. Um, but you know what, if you, if you watch the news, um, it seems like that there's a terrible conversation every other week. And those are just the, yeah. the, what we see. So um, I feel like that the, how we feel outside of work and inside of work is coming together and um, it's gonna be challenging, but I, yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. And I know so many other people, professional are, people professionals are as well. Well, you know, of course I can't speak for every organization and I, and I make it a, you know, a rule of thumb that I don't talk about my own organization during this series, but we're in the midst of a training on 
um, our own biases and, you know, what diversity is in my workplace. And, you know, kind of to one of the things you said earlier, um, you know, I feel very self-aware and yet the training and the town halls that we're having internally, man, I realize I, I have, I have a ways to go. I am a work in progress, but man, I want to be on the bus moving forward. You know, um, one of the other conversations I've had in the last week with another HR pro for the well, um, she said something so powerful and it connects really well with what you're talking about. You know, this concern in the workplace and workplaces really acknowledging that, you know, we have to be, we have to be doing something different and having these hard conversations, but she made the statement that, you know, one of the things that has guided her work is this acknowledgement that really, if you want to change the world, that employers have that ability. And I mean, like, it took me a minute of really, um, of really chewing on that, but you know, I think that is, incredibly optimistic and so true. If you spend so many of your waking productive hours at an employer who has your captive attention and has this ability to communicate and engage with you that so many others can't, then, you know, if every employer really grasped onto this idea that they could change they're part of the world just by how they have conversations in their workplace and how they treat their people. Wow. That feels like uh, a, a potential that has absolutely no end. I, I cannot begin to tell you how much I love that and hundred percent agree with her and you. Uh, you know, it's funny. We, we go through school, we go through like you know, elementary school to high school and college. And then we enter the workforce and no one ever treats us, teaches us how to become more emotionally aware of higher and development of EQ. These conversations about emotional intelligence now are coming through the workplace. Yes. I would have loved to have this type of conversations in high school those formative years, um, be able to build to that. And um, my hope, you know, related to the, the passion project that I'm working on uh, with MIT is that I hope that that, I hope that this accreditation comes something maybe a little bit further. Um, maybe someday seeing it in school programming, um, something mm -hmm. like the, the training um, and what you're what talking about. Um, but yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And it would it would be something to be able to start having those types of conversations and becoming um, more um, emotionally intelligent because then those conversations that you have in regards to working about performance management, conflict resolution, employee engagement, Huge. think about how much more amplified those would be if everybody was on the same page, if everybody was on the upward climb, you know, as far as their own development goes, wherever they are on that path. So. I love that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to remember that. Thank you for sharing. Hey, I, I think if we could all push that forward in the space where we have influence, um, we can really do some incredible things together. Um, but you don't have to push that rock up the hill by yourself, right? We can all, we can all push on that rock. 
So one of the things that you have shared with me that I thought would also be a great, you know, a tidbit, if you will, for other HR colleagues, you've mentioned that you mentor a lot. It's a passion for you to pour into other people, which makes a lot of sense to me knowing, you know, where your life's path has gone. Um, For HR folks out there who maybe haven't mentored anybody or who are maybe thinking about it, but they haven't made that commitment, how would you encourage your HR colleagues to like jump in the boat of pulling in some other HR folks and pouring into them? I know this is going to sound a little um, obtuse maybe, but I really have to ask the one who's on the fence, you know, what's the worst thing that could happen? Hmm. Really? What is the worst thing that you're going to do? We provide in our, we all provide support to other employees um, and to, um, you know, the work that we do. It is, it is just an extension of that. And so what is the very worst thing that could happen? You'll give somebody some positive reinforcement um, you might educate them on something that um, is a gray area for them that they don't know about. Um, I'll say that everybody, everybody deals with imposter syndrome. And uh, I think that the, each of us, before we make the, the choice to try something new, um, we, we decide, you know, what is, what is the worst thing that can happen? And we, we tend to go to the negative side, right? Like, you know, oh, you might think that I am inept or, um, you know, something to that degree. And, um, but really, to really think about the question, what is the worst thing that can happen? Accepting a supportive ear for somebody. Um, I think really that that's the worst thing that can happen. So just set aside the, um, that feeling of being an imposta and uh, uh, just jump in. So I love that you say that because I believe that's likely your advice for a lot of things. I think you probably um, ask yourself that question a lot when you're doing brave things. And I know when we talked earlier too about um, being a woman and being in tech and the kind of hustle that it takes to work in a startup company that, you know, that's also the advice that you know you give around you too and i think it is it's not obtuse it is it is simple right it's breaking down you know you have a choice to make it's either yes or no what's the worst thing that could happen i like it cynthia i already know the answer but i'm going to ask it just so we can put it out there are you open to other hr leaders who want to connect with you and continue to hear your voice on LinkedIn. Absolutely. I, like I said, I don't know what I would have done without the, mm. the knowledge, um, but more important, the support in the community um, that was built, I feel like overnight this last year, people I don't have never met in person. Um, I feel like I can tell them really, you know, things that are really troubling me that I really could use help with. Um, and feel safe and have that psychological safe space to be able to do so. Um, I, I consider my, my network now um, an extension of being friends 
and um, definitely would love to be able to connect with anyone who'd like to. Yeah, good. Well, I am so appreciative um, for you being willing to come and share your story here on the well. I really hope that your story of bravery and tenacity will inspire or encourage someone who's listening today to do maybe their next brave thing. Because certainly, I think especially when we think about how we have lived in the last 12 months, it is so tempting to just hunker down to and want to keep things as maybe as much the same as we can or feel like we've already endured so much change that maybe we just can't quite take it anymore. And maybe we can't, right? Maybe everyone needs to assess that for themselves. Um, but, but maybe we need to just continue to be brave and step out and do that next brave thing, whatever that might look like for someone who's listening today. Um, I know for you, Cynthia, that means another move to a new city and the new role that you talked about. Um, you are a brave, brave traveler. Thank you so much, Daniel. I, um, I think we, we both are in our ways, for certain. Thank you. Well, thank you. And you are welcome here anytime. I send you off with all of the, the best wishes and all of the, the blessings to forge a new path wherever, wherever your feet might carry you. And you are always, always welcome back here at the well. <laughs>